going on everyone the date is February 15th 2013 at free mission for real www.free also on iTunes my name is JP Nichols here with the latest edition of be nice to impact or not third show here from England actually this shows in London the past two weeks were in Manchester and up to this point I would say that this was the best show of the England shows by far and just in terms of the overall match quality, I actually had like a better flow to the show than I feel that the last two weeks, particularly last week, had. And let's get right into it. We had Hulk Hogan come out to a rather great reception from the Wembley Arena crowd. He announced a number one contender for lockdown would be determined tonight with four different singles matches with uh, these eight competitors. How he picked them, I do not know. I do not know exactly how Hulk Hogan decides to go around his uh, decision-making when it comes to TNA, but, alas, the matches that we got, we would have James Storm face Rob Van Dam, uh, Christopher Daniels versus Magnus, Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle, uh, both of which got a big ovation after he mentioned that match, and Bobby Roode would face Austin Aries in a battle of the Tag Team Champions. Um... <laughs> At one point, actually, uh, Taz made a comment saying that he was upset with the fact that uh, not one Aces and Eights member was among the top eight, which was rather amazing considering just how well that group was done as of late. He said that uh, also Aces and Eights had challenged the entire TNA roster for a lethal lockdown match at lockdown, so he had already picked his captain and he introduced Sting, uh, who he actually identified as the greatest wrestler of all time, which was so much jumping the shark, nuking the fridge, however you want to describe it, but I digress. He said he would scout the entire roster over the next few weeks to determine his three partners for the match. Uh, said Hogan's catchphrases, and that was the end of that. We had the first match of the four, um, Magnus versus Christopher Daniels. Enjoyable match, bit of a short match though. It only went about five minutes, actually. I mean, a bit shorter than I would have liked, considering the fact that you know this is supposed to be a big, 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 big uh, tournament to determine the number one contender. Well, not even a tournament. I don't even know exactly what to call it. Just uh, whoever Hogan likes best, I suppose, because that seems to be the case. But uh, Magnus was absolutely adored uh, from the England crowd, unsurprisingly. I mean, even more than I think than he was uh, at, when he was on TV two weeks ago. So good for him. Uh, very happy for him. Uh, match itself was fine. 
uh, Kazarian tried to get involved in the match. Uh, Magnus uh, stopped him. Actually, he took Kazarian's manager's license and threw it into the crowd, which I'm not sure how exactly Kazarian had to go around getting that manager's license, but hopefully they do not charge him a fee for having to print out a new one. And uh, Daniels went along, uh, tried to uh, tried to lay out Magnus with BME and such, but to no avail. Magnus nailed uh, Michinoku Driver in a really uh, much better than CM Punk elbow drop uh, to get the win. Uh, one, two, three. Uh, we had Brooke Hogan and Bully Ray backstage uh, with uh, Bully mentioning how he has a leg injury. I believe it's actually a quad injury. I think that was what was reported earlier today. Um, and was mentioning how it hindered its pursuit of the TNA title and said how he wanted to be a warrior of the ring, like Brooks' dad. And despite all this, he's happy that they're married and wants to make the most of Valentine's Day with her Italian food, dancing. Uh, Brooke agreed, but reminded him to watch his leg and to wear his wedding ring this time, since he left it on the sink earlier this morning. So they've now been married for about a month, uh, give or take, and we're already having issues. So, yeah... <laughs> And these two continue to have no chemistry at all, uh, from what I can, <laughs> as far as I can describe. For as much chemistry as Austin Aries and Bobby Roode have, these two have polar opposite chemistry. We then had a very, very, very good promo backstage with Magnus. He was talking about how all the veterans of TNA have treated him like a pup. Wrestling has been all he's had since he was 19 years old, called it his religion. Said Aces and Eights took that away from him for three months with a hammer, but now he's back and he plans to prove it on the biggest stage in the biggest arenas that he can be the world heavyweight champion. Very good stuff. I know it's like a, pretty much a tradition with me on these audios, but I just really hope that they finally decide to uh, go somewhere with Magnus. I mean, because I, I mean, just how young he is, how much potential he is, has all the ability to be a big star if they actually decide to go with him. And the way that the crowd reacted to him, granted it was, you know, home country crowd, but he has a look, he can go on the ring, he can talk, I mean, he has it all. So hopefully TNA decides to go uh, put their best step, for, best step forward with him. Uh, we had Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. I want to say that this is probably, at this point, probably like their... Mm, ninth match that they've had since their very first one uh, back in 2006. Uh, this one was probably the weakest out of their whole series of matches. They had one on TV last year that was probably about on par with this one, I should say. Um, you know, a typical Kurt Angle Samoa Joe match. You pretty much can uh, call the majority of the sequences for there, but that's not a bad thing. It was enjoyable. One point, actually, a very funny moment. Uh, Joe hit his ST Joe, and mid mid hitting it, he decided to shout at Kurt Angle to sit your ass down, which I thought was very funny. Um, match probably went about 12 minutes, I would say, before Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe ran in to attack them. Angle sent Briscoe away with forearms. Joe knocked Bischoff to ringside with headbutts. Uh, no contest, uh, and they both shook hands following the bell. I always talk about wrestling cliches and how there are some cliches that just happen all the time in wrestling. And one that always bothers me is when you have something like this where you have two guys wrestle for a very long time like this. I mean, about 12 minutes, like I said. And then whoever is going to interfere in the match decides to wait until that 
random time to interfere in the match. Why are they waiting so long? If they are, why are they even bothering? I mean, I suppose you could make the argument that they are waiting to attack when both of them are worn down after wrestling a lengthy match like that. But it just seems so annoying constantly. <laughs> it's because it happens so often. And then especially when you have a match like this where it's going along pretty well and then, you know, you get cliche interference that shows up to ruin it. And then they didn't even get anything accomplished. They got immediately kiboshed right after by Joe and Angle. So it's like, what was even the point? I mean, but that's whole story of the Aces and Aids entirely. We had uh, backstage Dixie Carter talking with uh, Party Marty Skrull that most people may know from WXW and other places. Uh, Noah as well. Uh, as well as the Blossom Twins, who are from OVW. Uh, all three of these people were on British Boot Camp, which Rockstar Spud recently won and debuted last week. Uh, she told them that despite Rockstar winning the British Boot Camp, they still have the chance to show everyone what they can do in a TNA ring tonight and to make her proud. Dixie, in this segment, she just looked like she was completely lost. She had, like, no idea how to identify any of them. I actually... I uh, didn't see last week's Bellator. Um, I haven't really watched Bellator much at all, so I'm like sort of a novice in that regard to them. But I guess when she made her appearance last week to announce uh, the upcoming TNA dates, Jeff Hardy signing, etc., she seemed completely lost there. And if she was half as bad there as she was here, she would have been sensationally awful. Because she just looked like she had no idea who they were. But... What can you do? Uh, we then had a six-person mixed tag of Gail Kim, Tara, Jesse Goddard versus Party Marty and the Blossom Twins. Long match. Much longer than I expected. Uh, probably went about 11 minutes, I would say. Um, I was going to say that the commentary in this match was particularly atrocious. I sh like... The majority of the time, they had Todd, Tanae, and Taz arguing over the fact that they couldn't figure out which Blossom Twin was which, which I could agree with, I mean, considering the fact that neither of them had anything distinguishable, really, about the other. But, at minimum, the two of them looked pretty okay, I would say. I mean, nothing bad, nothing overly enjoyable. But, it's funny, considering that uh, TNA has these Knockouts Tag Team titles. I'm not sure if people remember that those things exist, and if I'm correct, actually, Eric Young and ODB are potentially coming up on their one-year anniversary of holding those titles, so potentially, whenever Eric Young makes his return to TV, maybe they can make a big thing out of it and attempt to push them, at, like CM Punk holding the world title for a year. That had <laughs> hashtag things that no one has ever said or wants. But, <laughs> but uh, the point that I was going to make was the fact that here you have a tag team that's, I mean, that's literally what their purpose is in wrestling. They're not two singles wrestlers thrown together. I mean, they're actually a team. And I think that's honestly the first time that something has happened like that in TNA, where we actually have two women that have come to TNA as a team, and these belts have existed now for about three and a half years. Pretty amazing when you think about it. But uh, Marty and Jesse had some good stuff. Um, it was mostly Tara and Gail dominating the Blossom Twins. Actually, the the main highlight of this match, and my god was it scary, towards the end, um, uh, Blossom Twins and Marty were starting to make a comeback. Marty had a, hit a big drop kick, sent Jesse to the outside, and what Marty did was uh, 
he did a dive to the outside through the middle rope towards the corner and he got so much air that he overshot Jesse entirely and went and collided with the barricade and when you see the replay of this the his head hit one of the metal poles that was sticking out of the barricade and it looked like his forehead went straight into the ground and it was just a devastating sight to see. I'm honestly stunned that this apparently didn't injure him because as far as I know he's not, he's okay. I mean he never made any public address about it, but I mean this just looks scary. It actually reminded me a bit of when uh, Quack uh, nailed his head at uh, the Ted Petty Invitational from 2007. It was very devastating to watch. But uh, Gail Kim got the win uh, by hitting uh, Eat Defeat on one of the Blossoms. Uh, okay match. Uh, I was, again, surprised that it went this long. But it, if nothing else, Marty looked good in the Blossoms. They looked better than the majority of the women that TNA has had over the last couple of years. So... Uh, we had uh, Gail take the mic. She ran down Taryn Terrell and challenged Tara to a knockouts title match last uh, next week in London. Brooke Hogan's awful music hit, um, and she agreed to give Kim a shot, uh, and then also mentioned that it would not just be Kim, but also announced Miss Tessmacher and Velvet would also be involved. So it would be a four-way elimination match with Brooke watching the match at ringside. So. There you go. At least she managed to be able to make this decision as opposed to going out of the night uh, for a night on the town with Bully Ray, as promised earlier. We had Aries and Rude backstage, vowing that uh, TNA and Hulk Hogan would not divide them. Uh, Aries said they will win all the singles titles, with Aries saying that Rude could win the TV title and the uh, knockouts title, <laughs> and that Aries would go after the world title. Rude cut him off saying that Aries should take the TV title. And uh, the two just went back and forth with it. I mean, they just have a really fun dynamic together. I know that a lot of people will draw similarities to uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan in terms of their arguing and whatnot, but it just it's different in the sense because of the fact that you know that these two, I mean, they had two pay-per-view main events against each other. They were both uh, fought over the world title. So they have that mutual respect going for them, but at the same time, they're constantly trying to outdo one another. And it makes for a very fun dynamic with them. Uh, and then, by the end of it, they said that they were going to take care of business anyway. Uh, we had James Storm versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, pretty okay match, I guess is the way I would describe it. Lots of moves, not a lot of flow to it. The most notable thing about the match, actually, was the fact that Van Dam actually went for Van Terminator and missed. I think that's the first time that I've actually seen him attempt to do that in, like, two years, and it just seemed very random that he decided to try and bust that out here, but I guess, you know, wanted to appe uh, appease the England crowd. Um, after he missed it, though, James Storm got up. Uh, last call, super kick, one, two, three. And uh, at minimum, it seems like they actually may have a direction for James Storm, who's been doing absolutely nothing for the last two weeks. Uh, we had Joe Park walk into Hogan's office, uh, interrupted a conversation between Brooke and Hulk. Uh, <laughs> Joe Park was saying that he wanted to politic for a chance for uh, a shot of the world title at Jeff Hardy. He explained that he had campaign posters and buttons already designed. <laughs> And Hogan asked him, actually, if he had any idea what backstage politics were, or if the boys had told him what backstage politics were. 
And he just assumed that he thought that that's what politics were, and Hogan asked him if he knew what a rib is. Not a barbecue rib, but a rib, and Park had no idea. Hogan suggested that he should, and Park asked if he could count on Hogan's vote. <laughs> I, said, well, I say it all the time, but Joe Park is so much more entertaining than Abyss of the last few years. Like, it's just not even a question. <laughs> I mean, and uh, all you can say is, uh, Joe Park for heavyweight champion 2013, as the campaign slogan says. Uh, coming back from commercial break, we had Hulk arguing with Brooke over Bully wanting uh, to be in the championship hunt. So, at this point, are Bully and Brooke ever going to go on their date? I have to assume not. Uh, but uh, Brooke lamented how Bully's never been champion. Uh, Hulk felt bad for Bully, but he's got eight other people to consider, uh, another, and he has another match to watch. Um, Brooke was trying to convey to her dad that uh, Ray... Uh, is in the business because of Hogan, and Hogan explained that he has to remain objective, but would take it under advisement. Uh, we then had the main event of the evening, Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. Uh, they cut a very fun promo beforehand, uh, talk, uh, Roode talking about how Hogan's trying to screw with them uh, only one week after they won the tag titles, plan on winning every ounce of gold and bringing some class back to the belts. Aries said that the plan is so transparent, he and Rude are on the same page, and asked the ref to ring the bell. And the first thing that we had happen in the match was a double finger poke of doom, where both Aries and Rude were trying to do the finger poke uh, made famous from January of 1999. And neither of them would go down. And the two got in an argument over it, saying, No, you're supposed to go down. No, you're supposed to go down. It was very, very funny. Aries said that uh, he would actually be the better man and lay down for Rude. Which, of course, he did, he did, but he did not lay down entirely for the three count and attempted to cover a uh, counter into a roll-up of his own. Kick out, Rude was mad, and we came back in commercial break. Two were doing all they could to try it out, cheat each other, similar to their match that they had at the end of the year last year. Uh, not as much cheating uh, in that one as in this one like there was in that one. But the crowd just totally ate it up. They were absolutely in love with Aries. Uh, they really liked Rude. Uh, a lot of the stuff towards the end, including uh, Rude doing the Eddie Guerrero hit the chair on the mat and lay down spot. Aries caught on to this before the ref got up, and he did it very quickly on his own. And then the, while the ref was looking at one of them, Rude would lean up and yell at Aries. And when the ref looked at Rude, Aries would lean up and yell at Rude. They were both flipping each other off. Very, very funny. Crowd was dying from it. Uh, and to a very mild reaction, we had Chavo and Hernandez uh, come out. Uh, crowd actually, I believe, at this point, booed them. Because <laughs> they were trying to screw with the match. Uh, Rude and Aries were confronting them and asked uh, who should board them off. Uh, Chavo was in an Aries shirt. Also, Hernandez was in a Rude shirt. Uh... The two, uh, the two of them, uh, Aries and Rude, were trying to come out and go after them, not realizing that they were being counted out. When it hit about eight, the two of them tried to make their way back into the ring, but they were trying to block each other from making it to the ring beforehand. But both of them ended up getting double counted out. Uh, so neither guy won. Chavo and Hernandez were happy with the results, but obviously Aries and Rude were not too thrilled with that. But very fun match. Uh... Very, very fun match, actually. It wasn't... I don't think it was quite as fun as their match that they had in December. But there was... They did some stuff here that was uh, completely different from that one. 
So definitely worth seeking out. Uh, we then had the uh, backstage. We had Hogan talking to Sting about the difficult decision he had and compared it to him and Sting ripping each other's heads off at Starcade. And yeah, what a terrible comparison made by Hogan. Um, Sting said that he was glad he doesn't have to make the decision, but he knows for sure that Bully's out, and Hogan's got eight great choices under the TNA umbrella to make. And uh, Hogan decided to make his way to the ring. I uh, said that their energy has really been driving the show. The crowd's energy has been really driving the show, I should say, and helping him come to a decision about the heavyweight title. Um, and then, he, as right as he was about to make the announcement, Aces and Eights hit the ring. Surrounded Hulk and he looked trapped, but then Bully made his way to the ring, chain and all, hoards him off from the ring until Sting makes his presence known with a cricket bat, of all things. Uh, Sting, Hulk, and Bully, uh, bats in hand, chase off Devon and uh, Mander of Aces and Eights, and we still don't know who the number one contender is as we fade to black. So, in a sense, the whole goal of the show was completely pointless, quite honestly. But, with that said, until the final segment, it was a fun show. Uh, I mean, because you had four matches, well, actually, uh, well, four singles matches that were all different and at least enjoyable. Uh, had the uh, British Boot Camp six-person tag, which was fine. I mean, average, but fine. So, I can't fault them for that in terms of actually dishing out some fun TV matches. But, this stuff... Uh, I know I'm like a broken record when it comes to Aces and Eights, but up to this point, this angle has now been going on for nearly nine months, and we still don't have a clue of what Aces and Eights' goal is. In fact, in terms of the information department, we still don't even know what Mike Knox's TNA name is, and he's been unmasked now for over a month. And they are just... I don't know this, because... Obviously, now we have our first match confirmed for lockdown of the lethal lockdown match, which I would have to assume would be probably Sting, Kurt Angle, Magnus, and Joe, if I were to assume, versus probably Devon, Garrett, Knox, and Gallows. And with the way that they're doing this higher power thing, I have to feel like the angle still has some more uh, longevity in being booked, but. I just have no idea, unless they have something really, really big planned for the angle, and I just have it in the back of my mind that they're going to have Brooke Hogan become involved in it, and it's just going to be a catastrophe. I just don't know what to think about this besides, I mean, with the main event Mafia, they just dropped it out of nowhere, and that was really the last big heel stable that they had. Well, actually, Immortal, they sort of just dropped out of nowhere, too. It seems to be the tradition with their heel stables. In addition to the tradition of having a big heel stable, that's like their crutch, as I've mentioned in the past, but... Ugh. Just bad stuff to, I mean, put a bad taste in your mouth for an otherwise okay show. I mean, if I gave a recommendation to check stuff out, it would be for the Kurt Angle-Joe match, which was good, the Aries-Rude match, which was enjoyable, as well as her backstage stuff. And then everything else on the show is at least a pass, but not an overly memorable show. But certainly the best show, uh, be probably best impact up to this point this year just because of the match uh, match quality. Pretty solid show. So that leaves us moves us into next week, which will be the last show from London before we get to the final two uh, impacts in Orlando. So uh, that wraps it up for today. 
Uh, make sure to stay tuned on Twitter at FreeAdmissionFR. We actually, our year-end awards, we're actually going to bump them up a bit sooner than expected, so expect them to be posted sometime next week. We uh, Also, over the weekend, we will potentially be doing an audio talking about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which is this Sunday, as well as some other big stuff coming up. Just stay tuned to Twitter at FreeMissionFR. You can follow me on Twitter at I underscore am underscore Hollywood. Lots of stuff coming up. Until next time, I'm JP Nichols. I will talk to you all again very soon.